Hello and welcome to the Disc Dump Podcast. This is the show where we watch movies, play games, and listen to music in an effort to decide, are we going to keep the disc or are we going to dump it? Today, I am joined by two men of the same name, Andy and Andy from the Good Robot Andys. How are you guys doing? <laughs> We're doing really well. I'm good, thank Fantastic. you. Fantastic. Very, very well. Um, so for the audience, which one of you is Andy C and which one's Andy B? Uh, I'm Andy B and this is... Andy C. We should say you're Andy Balaam. You're Andy Balaam and I'm Andy Cockerell. Perfect. <laughs> We're the Good Robot Andys. We're the Good Robot Andys. You can find our podcast by searching for the Good Robot Andys. No one else used that name so far, so we're okay. <laughs> we're doing a terrible job of selling ourselves at the moment. You'll get more chances later, I promise. <laughs> so um, for today, we watched Man on Fire. So what did you guys think of the movie? Okay, so I'm a bit torn on this one because I watched it uh, when it came out on a flight to Canada uh, on an iPod was it um a nano the rectangular ipod nano what and <laughs> here's the thing i think there's a problem with watching films on an airplane because the oxygen level is lower you tend to in- enjoy things more than maybe you would if you watch them somewhere else and also you're in a confined environment well, you, you feel emotions a little more strongly i certainly do yeah absolutely um, I've been known to tear up at pretty much everything that I've watched on an aeroplane, including things like X-Men movies and things like that. <laughs> um, <laughs> so I really enjoyed it when I when it came out, uh, but I watched it yesterday, and I have lots of notes. <laughs> I had I actually had a lot more notes than I thought I would have about this film. I'm a bit conflicted about it, really. When you say notes, what do you mean? I mean, there's a lot wrong with it. Um, right, okay, okay. There's a lot more wrong with it than I remember being wrong with it on an aeroplane. But as I said, <laughs> watching it on an aeroplane is not an indication of how good a film is. Yeah. I seem to remember quite enjoying Titanic when I watched it on an aeroplane. Titanic is good. objectively like Titanic. not a good film. <laughs> I like Titanic. So I watched uh, the other day, sorry to go off on one. Uh, the other day I watched Wayne's World with my okay. children. I had surprisingly more notes on that than I was expecting to have, having yeah. been a large fan of that when How it came out. did your kids um, <laughs> react to it? They were... I think my daughter was offended by it. I was certainly offended by it. And I think <laughs> my sons were bored slash... You know, it kind of worked for them, but they were a bit yeah. bored. It's not very fast-moving for kids, I don't think, Wayne's World. No, and there's a lot of jokes that, that were about stuff that was happening at the time. There's a lot of swing in Wayne's World. Yeah, there's quite a lot of yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> which is I definitely slightly regret time. showing it to my children. <laughs> Indeed, uh, we, I used to love that movie when I was yeah, a kid. A I was all film. about that. Or sort of, it was a great film. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think I recorded the work so well I recorded today. the entire audio onto a cassette and listened to it in my car over and over again. I did the same thing with the Blade Runner soundtrack. Yeah, that's probably more worth it. Probably, yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, uh, Andy B., what did you think of the Man on Fire movie? Oh, you've caught me out because I was I was blustering there. So my role on this podcast is not to watch the film. Sorry, not on this oh. podcast, on our podcast. Um, and then Andy C. explains it to me. So I haven't watched the film. 
So I'm going to make oh, my perfect. decision, assuming I get to make a decision, based entirely on what the two of you say. I think um, I think maybe Miles makes the decision about whether he keeps oh, the disc okay. or not. Okay, okay. Um, ultimately. Ultimately, but you guys can help persuade I'm me. I'm going to try and advise on right. that basis. So, so I'd so like Miles, you to tell me a bit about what it recently? is. I watched it last night slash today. It's a so long, I, it's a long I, film, isn't it? <laughs> holy Moses, is it long? It was two and a half hours. I was like, what? Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> okay, I'm starting to make up my mind. One of the notes that I have about it is it's two and a half hours long, and Tony Scott, the late, great Tony Scott, shot the hell out of this film. So what I mean yeah, by that did. is he got a lot of coverage for every scene. And he used everything. He seems to have used everything that he had on, in the cutting room in this movie. There's a lot of cuts. There's a lot of cuts. Um, there's, uh, he, he amps up tension by using crash zooms and, uh, wob you know, you know my, my fondness for Paul Greengrass wobbly cam. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of that in this film, uh, which I really <laughs> enjoyed. A lot of wobbly cam. Yeah, a lot of wobbly cam. Um, the problem with it is that it takes a long time to get going, then it gets going, and then it stops again for quite a long time. <laughs> yeah, the uh, the middle point of the movie, like about an hour and a half into this movie, is when the action starts. Yes. So you have so much built. You have an entire movie's worth of build up before the action starts. This is an action movie. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so Actually, it's more of a character piece than an action movie. Mm -hmm. But populated by characters that you wouldn't want to spend any time with because most of them are psychopaths. <laughs> Is this one that we did on the podcast, Andy? Pardon? Is this one that we did on the podcast? We haven't done Man on Fire, no. Okay, can you give me a sentence what it is? Uh, revenge. Well, I like revenge, so that's, that's yeah. a point in its favour. Yeah, the general gist of the movie is that an ex-CIA operative black ops guy that killed tons and tons of people turns into an alcoholic because of everything that he's done in his life. So he needs a job then because he's obviously not running around killing people. So Christopher Walken hooks him up <laughs> of course. with this it must be time for my Christopher Walken and... impersonation. I, you know, I frequently do one. Yeah. Christopher Walken, I'm excited. he says, do you want a job? I give you a job and you kill some people. Kill them good. <laughs> that was amazing. <laughs> Don't encourage me. I loved it. <laughs> so Christopher Walken, he gets uh, he gets Denzel Washington a job where he looks over Dakota Fanning, and they're in Mexico. And then Dakota Fanning gets kidnapped by these bad guys, who then say later that they killed her. And Denzel Washington gets real mad about that and starts cutting people's fingers off yeah. and stuff, and it gets crazy. So I found the um, uh, the, the very long preamble and like bonding between Denzel Washington's alcoholic ex-CIA guy and Dakota Fanning. That bonding is actually quite effective, so that when the kidnapping actually happens, I was actually quite moved by it. I was actually quite. No, 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 this can't happen now. But obviously I knew it was going to happen because that's the whole point of the film. Um, and then when I found out she was possibly dead, I was again quite moved by it. The problem with it is, is that film doesn't pay those things off very well. It doesn't stick with it with those things because you find out, massive spoilers, she's not dead. Um, and his kind of 
His, uh, we also learn about his character in, in a scene with Christopher Walken. I won't do another Christopher Walken impersonation. Where Denzel Washington says to him, do you think God will ever forgive us for what we've done? And Christopher Walken says, no. Here, have another drink. And it's, you know, it's, the, it's that kind of, um, the kind of tone to it. Uh, so yeah, they, yeah. Uh, I wrote down a lot of quotes from this movie. Actually, I highlighted them in yellow so that I could see. And that was the first quote I wrote down. Do you think God will forgive us for what we've done? It's, and yeah. he thinks about it for like a half a second. And then he goes, no, nah, no way. <laughs> no, not a chance. <laughs> no. So they've clearly done some horrible things. These people. Do you think that's a bit uh, cheap? Mm-hmm. That you, you felt like it needed more. Wait. I thought that it, it kind of, it, it's like a thumbnail sketch of these characters. Um, doesn't give you much to go on, really. Actually, Mickey Rourke is in this movie, and he's very good as a supporting character. Um, yeah, he's in it for like three or four scenes, probably. And every time I was like, is that really Mickey Rourke? Yeah. Like, what? I mean, that's before like the... Because he's had lots and lots of um, facial reconstruction, hasn't he, over the years? And uh, Between that and then doing The Wrestler and getting all huge and jacked, oh, this yeah, is way before right. that. It's before like that, though, isn't it? Yeah, this is like 2004, mm-hmm. I think. Yeah, in fact, uh, I've got yep. the Wikipedia page open in front of me. Yeah, 2004. Um, so I think it's visually really arresting and interesting to look at because Tony Scott is like the unsung Scott brother, um, but he's visually, he does stuff that's just as interesting as Ridley Scott's movies. Um, but as I said, he shot the hell out of this film and he's used everything. Um, and I really, I really enjoyed it visually. Sound design is great. Denzel Washington is amazing. Um, in a role that's really underwritten, I think there's not a lot to go on for him, but he is just like, I mean, I don't think I've ever seen him. I don't think I've ever seen him put in a bad performance in any film, even a bad film. Um, and this is an average movie, but he's great in it. You can't take your eyes off him when he's on screen. And he definitely like messes up his lines a couple times, but you can see him just like bounce back from that and correct himself. And it just like makes him seem like a better actor that he messed up his lines because yeah. he's just like that good. Yeah, and they decided to keep it in because it seems like it's in the moment. It seems like it's fresh and so he's terrific. Uh, there's also the um, there's an actor from the Daniel Craig. Uh, what's his name? Giancarlo Gianni Giannini is in this, uh, playing one of the police uh, folks who are investigating kidnappings in Mexico. He's in it. He's got a kind of shambling um, charisma about him, hasn't he? That that's quite interesting. Um, yeah, he. Uh, I remembered him most from being in Hannibal. He plays Signora de Pazzi. Oh, that's right. Yeah, in Hannibal. And he's like kind of the nemesis for a third of the movie of that movie. That's right. Yeah, he's in that. And also Rachel Ticotin is in this, who was in Total Recall way oh, back okay. when. And she's she plays another um, anti-corruption police officer. Who was she in Total Recall? She was um, the romantic lead, so Arnie's not, not Sharon Stone, so not the evil wife. Hmm. But I can't remember the character's name, which I is terrible. Anything about it? <laughs> <laughs> was she the was she the police officer or the journalist? Uh, the ju- uh, journalist, yeah, yeah, journalist. Okay. yeah. She was fantastic. She yeah. killed it. 
I was such a big fan of her. Like she's completely believable as a journalist because she's got that inquis inquisitive look on her face the whole movie. Like she's trying to figure everything out. She's great. Oh yeah. man. Yeah. Um. So I think that it takes. T- it's too long. The movie's too long. It's like it's half long. an hour, forty minutes too long, probably. Mm-hmm. Um. Uh. When it gets going, though, and when he starts going on his rampage of violence and revenge, it picks up, but then it stops again. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. It, it yeah. kind of stops again, but but the like the the rampage you want it to carry on because you're really invested in the character. And when he goes to see uh, Dakota Fanning's mum and says, "I'm going to kill everyone. I'm going to kill anyone who looks at me funny, talks at me funny." Um, and she just says to him, kill them all. And it's just like this really like, yep. I'm on board with this now. <laughs> this sounds good Their to me so far. I mean, maybe isn't... I'm doing better because I'm only hearing the summary. So I don't have to sit through the long bits. I feel like I liked it better than Andrew C. Like, I really liked it. I I am impartial though because I own it and I love it. But the uh, the relationship between Denzel Washington's character and the little girl's mom is interesting because when he gets hired at first he's like you're the guy who's hiring him's like you're like way out of our price range based on your skills why are you so cheap and he's like because i drink and he goes don't tell my wife that and the very first thing he does when he sees his wife is tells her and she likes that so she's like cool i'm the one who's hiring you he doesn't and then, tell her so though. like he she, doesn't tell her she says do you want a drink and he says yeah i'll have a jack and coke i have a, no i have a, I have a bourbon and water and then he looks at the husband like I know you told me not to do that, but I'm doing it anyway. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's a good and scene. It seems yeah. to like, they have like a great dynamic after that because it's like almost like he asks her permission. I'm going to go and kill everybody. And she's like, damn yeah. straight, you're going to go kill everybody. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But that what but what starts out as revenge turns into something else when he finds out that she's still alive. And then it ch- it changes from revenge to a rescue. And he realizes that he's got to actually give up something to get her back, which is basically his life, isn't it? Um, that's what—that's the bargain he makes with the kidnappers. I like a really pure revenge film. I can understand maybe some disappointment at having to be more complicated than that. Um, I think if it, if this movie was shorter, I'd like it a lot more. Yeah, that's the way I feel about it, really. Yeah if half of the movie is trying to make you invested in his character development from being a cold hearted alcoholic murderer to like, okay, so now Dakota Fanning's adorable and she has melted my heart and I actually care about her. And I feel like the, the point where the movie becomes watchable is when he starts training her how to be a good swimmer. Yeah, that's really good. And actually. that's like, yeah, their relationship kind of starts to gain a little steam and they start to appreciate each other. And then basically as soon as they hit that point, she gets kidnapped. Yes. So then he's just like, son of a bitch, there goes my humanity. Yeah. <laughs> and chases. And that's a good scene actually with the, um, because, you know, in the, in the kind of Denzel Washington rat-a-tat dialogue way that he can deliver dialogue really fast and still convey what you need to know. He says to her, she says, I'm fast in the water. He says, yeah, you're fast in the water, but you're slow off the blocks. So you need to improve on that. How are you going to improve on that? And they do this training montage, you know, like a Rocky-style training montage, which is, uh, I like a training montage. Who doesn't like a training montage? Which is very effective. 
Because it's a bonding thing, isn't it? He says, the gunshot holds no fear. That's another quote that I wrote down. Like, she can't flinch when she hears it. She just needs to be ready for it. And uh, I feel like that kind of is important later because the first gunshot when she's getting kidnapped, she flinches. And that's when they basically scoop her up because she was unprepared for it. So it's her fault. She wasn't listening to the training. No. Kind of. Yeah. Kind of. (laughs) Um, But the kidnapping is very well orchestrated. So he sees it coming. He's too slow because presumably he's addled with alcohol and regret, presumably. Um, it's Yeah, it kind of is because he, he should have seen it coming. He was distracted. Um, <clears throat> he's always telling her to stop talking to him in the car. And that's actually quite intense because you want her to stop talking to him in the car. He's like, I can't talk to you. I can't talk to you. I'm trying to keep you safe. I have to concentrate. This feels uncomfortably close to real life. She says to him, can't you talk to me whilst you're driving? He says, no, I can't. He just closes it down completely. And there's a a couple scenes, like, the the tiny detail of it is, like, he's in the far left lane, and he thinks somebody's following him, so he cuts across multiple lanes of traffic to get off on the right and stuff. And, like, a couple times it didn't seem like it was ever anything, and then it would eventually become something. So it's like, oh, that's why you're so focused. Like, you're ready for it. But he still ends up getting shot, like, a whole bunch. <laughs> so. Yeah, he gets shot twice, I think, during the kidnapping. Um, and takes quite a long time to recover from it. But when he does, he's uh, he's full-on. Full-on Denzel Washington. He's hell-bent for leather. Yeah. Yeah, he's... And, like... So here's a part that I don't know if I understood it or if they just didn't explain it, but he gets shot... He kills two cops who were helping orchestrate the whole thing because they were like shooting at him so he shot them and then the cops are like oh he just killed two cops so now he's the bad guy and that we're gonna frame him for it and when he's unconscious they put handcuffs on him but then they just like ignore that that happened later and he's just walking around totally not under arrest that's a good point did they explain that and did i did i miss it no so in in the two and a half hours of this movie they failed to explain that that important plot point And I think they kind of should have... It's a good point, because later on in the film, Christopher Walken comes to see him, and he's just walking... Yeah, he's just walking around. He's in this hospital bed. What does he say to him, exotic-looking. He says, I can't remember. I'm not doing it. No, I'm not rising. No, not doing it again. (laughs) I'll get you to do it one more time before One more time. You have to give me a line to say. Something from the dead zone. I really enjoy the dead zone, actually. There's some good lines in that. I'll hit you... I'll hit you with it, like, towards the end. Yeah, it, okay. It'll be a surprise. Alrighty. Put you on the spot, make it uncomfortable. Okay, let's do that. <laughs> um, so yeah. there is a recurring uh, a recurring trope in this movie where there are birds in cages that, like, get let out, but they keep coming back. Yes. How did you interpret that? Um, bad storytelling. <laughs> oh, dear. The gloves are off. <laughs> they really do like lay out the exact like hey this is what we mean as it represents humanity like christopher walken just like says that at one point like oh bird cages are bad because you're locking your humanity up and when you meet a child it's like you become a human again and you have permission to be alive and it's like man that's a that's you really spread the butter thin on that one huh yeah definitely <laughs> yeah and he's like he's, he's learned that line and he's thinking i have no idea what what this is about 
But this is nice because yeah. <laughs> normally in our podcast, I ask Andy what 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 the film means or some kind of deep question about the themes of it, and Andy normally goes, "Oh, well, it just means that you shouldn't get kidnapped or something like that." Like he completely it means redemption. Me off. This is a redemptive but movie. In this film, it sounds like they explain exactly what you're supposed to think, so it'll be easy enough to <laughs> to get it out of it. It, it's definitely a redemptive movie. So he's he's done some horrible things, and he's now paying the price for that. Yeah, he was in a cage, and then he had a chance to fly away, but he, he locked didn't. himself back in the cage. Into a cage of booze and violence. I mean, that doesn't sound too bad, as cage cages go. <laughs> yeah. It could be a worse cage. Mind you, cage of chocolate, would that be okay? Yeah, <laughs> he definitely doesn't have a cage of chocolate no, in this movie. No, he doesn't. Um, no. So, so Mark Anthony plays the little girl's dad, and it turns out that he orchestrated the whole thing for insurance fraud purposes. Yep. And the, the whole reason he hired a bodyguard is because the the life insurance wouldn't work unless he had a bodyguard for whatever reason. So a wild life insurance policy, but what do I know? So he gets the money for the ransom and he goes, he's like, these cops get involved that he doesn't want involved. And then the cops end up stealing the ransom money and botching the whole thing. And that's why they say, oh, well, we're going to kill your daughter now. Yeah. So that's what leads everybody to believe it. And uh, there's a lot of dynamic things in this movie. Like, I feel like I can't move on to the next part without explaining. There's a montage where Denzel Washington's like, yep, I'm going to get drunk and kill myself. Yeah, it's much like the one in Lethal Weapon with um, where he has his uh, Schlitz, I think, beer, and then can't shoot himself. He just can't do it. So he goes to shoot himself and the bullet doesn't go off. And that's when they're like, a bullet never lies. So later in the movie, when he confronts Mark Anthony, he's like, listen, uh, this bullet didn't kill myself, but maybe it'll kill you. And he hands him a gun and is like, you have to deal with the fact that you basically killed your daughter. So Mark Anthony uses the bullet that Denzel was going to use. And then he kills himself. And it's like, oh, boy, that was really dramatic. So what's the <laughs> yeah, I didn't, of that? I didn't like that. No. Well, according to Christopher Walken, a bullet never lies. A bullet never lies. Yeah. yeah I'm just trying to interpret that a little bit. <laughs> so it was basically like fate decided Denzel Washington shouldn't kill himself because he has a more important thing to do. There's a lot of religious tones to this too, yeah, I feel like. definitely. Yeah. And uh, God was just like, nope, not today. But when Mark Anthony was like, I need to go, God was like, Sure thing, here's the yeah, thumbs God's up. God's like, no, before you go, you have hell. to murder an awful lot of people. An awful lot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, although, considering the running time, the body count isn't that high in this film, is it, Miles? No, he kills like, I don't know, eight or nine people, maybe? Yeah. Which mean, is more people than I've killed. <laughs> yeah, but <laughs> and me, yeah. <laughs> but like, yeah, I don't know. He's it's The body count is low, but they do say... Um, Christopher Walken again has one of the better lines in the movie he says he's talking about how they're like great artists of our time some people can make art out of food or whatever and his art is death and uh his art is death and he's about to paint his masterpiece that is a great line and then he goes is a great line but then he kills like I don't know four people after that yeah. <laughs> does he do it really beautifully quite brutally uh, actually quite nasty yeah it's pretty gnarly. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So, so the first guy we see, he 
Uh, I'm going to do some actions now that won't work on a podcast, but this is for the benefit of Andy B. He he I do like an straps action. his straps his guy's hands to a steering wheel of a car, and then asks him questions. And he says, and every time you don't give me a right answer, I'm going to cut one of your fingers off. And he does. And, uh, yes, he does. And then he, uh, he um, takes the brake off and the car rolls down a hill and falls, and falls on its roof in the middle of a playing field, it looks like, and just explodes. It's just, it's really nasty. Yeah, and when he cut people's the guy's fingers off, he was using the cigarette lighter to cauterize the wound so he wasn't bleeding everywhere. <laughs> it was gnarly. <laughs> Again, when I saw it yesterday, I'd forgotten about that. And when he said, and this is for the pain, I thought, what is that? Is that pills? And then when he put it on his finger and there's like, you know, you can hear a singeing sound, I thought, okay, no, it's not pills. It's a cigarette lighter. That's quite nasty. And then uh, the next way that he kills an important character will transition us into the post-break thing. He sticks plastic explosives up the one guy's butt. <laughs> and he's like, okay, you got five minutes to tell me what I need to know, and then you're going to explode. And then after the guy tells him what he wants to know, he's like, all right, bye. And he goes, wait, aren't you going to set me free? He's like, no, I'm not going to do that. And the dude just explodes from the inside out. <laughs> you don't see that, but you presume it's happened yeah you just kind of see an explosion a film, yeah. a film that i would not like to admit to having seen and i would not recommend to anyone that i watched this week is grimsby i've seen Gris grimsby which is a sasha baron cohen film which involves yeah. some explosives up people's bottoms and an elephant as well some other thing yeah involves some other things yeah. <laughs> yes um have you seen grimsby i have Miles? not seen that I have not seen that. Not it's recommended. The Brothers Grimsby in North America. It's um, it is an experience of a film. It's like it's like a trauma film turned up to a thousand. You know, it's really tasteless and really, yeah, it's funny. I had, I had a couple of chuckles, like enough chuckles to basically keep me going through it, and then afterwards I thought about it and thought, I dirty. do not approve of this film. <laughs> I do not think some of the things they were laughing about are funny. No, some of them are not funny at all, no. <laughs> well, speaking of things going up people's butts and things that are not funny, we are going to uh, take a brief break here, and when we come back, we're going to have a game that involves both of those oh boy. things. boy, <laughs> okay. Wow, that was an this. amazing segue. Alrighty, uh, <laughs> we will be right back. Today's episode is presented by Clark's. Clark's story began almost 200 years ago when Cyrus and James Clark made a slipper from sheepskin. At the time, it was groundbreaking, a combination of invention and craftsmanship that has remained at the heart of what Clark's does. From the very beginning, Clark's always thought differently. Brilliant ideas are what set Clark's apart. We are teaming up with Clarks and Podgo to bring you up to 30% off on selected items, including on the iconic Clarks Desert Boot, by going to podgo.co slash Clarks. That's podgo.co slash Clarks. 
Legends of Superhero Story is a new actual play podcast using the Legends Superhero role-playing game system. This exciting new superhero tabletop RPG follows our game master Jack and our fledgling heroes played by Chad, Emily, Amanda, and Daniel as they work their way through their origin story and beyond. Let's hope they learn to work together as a team in time to save the world and truly become Legends. Legends of Superhero Story is available on all podcast platforms. For more information, follow us on social media at The Legends Cast or visit our website, www.matchplaygames.ca forward slash The Legends Cast. Hey, everybody. Um, so I guess one of the first things I want to tell you guys is I got a new piece of equipment since I recorded this and it's so much fun. Listen, 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 I can do this. And now let's get started with the price is right. I can just push a button and it just does that here. uh, Here, let me, let me do it again. Let me do it again. Okay. Um, uh, let's see here. If you want to get a hold of me, you can email me discdumppod at gmail.com. That's D-I-S-C-D-U-M-P-P-O-D at gmail.com. Don't forget that little pee-pee in there. Pee-pees are important. If you want to get a hold of me on Twitter.com, you can find me at The Disc Dump. On uh, Facebook, of course, there's The Disc Dump Podcast page. But if you really wanted to uh, get into the meat and potatoes of things, you can uh, join the group on Facebook called the Distump Podcast Fans Group. It's a lot of fun. And um, I hope that you guys enjoy it. The Disc Dump Podcast on Instagram. All right. I want to say thank you to the Good Robot Andes podcast for coming on this show. It was a lot of fun. Thank you, guys so much for joining me i really appreciate you guys i also want to say thank you to mr zachary cloyd for producing this episode because uh you're awesome i feel like everyone deserves to hear their name said like it's a game show andy and andy see so i know they're gonna listen that's why i said their names who else could i say thank you to um denzel washington and uh (laughs) i don't know So thank you, Zach, for producing the episode. Thank you, Andes, for coming on the podcast. Oh, and there's one more thing. This is a disc dump announcement. Uh, We, my friends and I, who you will get to know, have started another podcast. It doesn't really work if you're just doing mouth sound effects. But um, the podcast is going to be a live play D&D podcast where I will be the dungeon master and I will be taking them through a fantasy adventure and I hope you guys can all come and listen to it so we're going to actually be playing Dungeons and Dragons so if ever you were curious how all that works this is going to be your opportunity or if you just like me and some of the guests I bring on this show like Casey, John, Will, uh, lots of good people you might also enjoy that so I hope you guys go and check out Toast of the Realms podcast and learn about all the fun fantasy things and D&D and all that good stuff. So uh, without further ado, let's get back to the episode about Man on Fire. (laughs) 
Okay, gentlemen. So, uh, are you familiar with Wish.com? Um, no. 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 Okay, I do know you guys have it over there because I've played this game with somebody else. But what it is is a way to buy direct from China. So what you're doing is you go on this website, and the prices are really cheap, and whatever you buy, just expect it won't show up for a month because it's coming direct from China, but they have everything on there. You can buy Legos. You can buy tires for cars. You can buy nightgowns. You can buy crack pipes. You can buy dildos. You can buy just about everything on there. But the the ads that they put on Facebook are wild. So I, uh, <laughs> what I've done is I went in there and I'm you read the descriptions of things, and most of them are clearly not written by an English speaker. So what they do is they'll just write a whole bunch of words and. I find that if you read that, it's really hard to guess what in the world this thing is supposed to be, whatever it is. So I've taken some of the best of the best here, and we've turned it into the game that I call Best Wishes, since it's from Wish.com. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to read each of you alternating the description of something, and you have to try and tell me what it is. <laughs> I have heard this on the on your podcast, and I... I am looking forward to this in a kind of strange way. I, yeah. I, uh, this one's going to be a little bit more mild than usual, but it's because the payoff is so sweet and wonderful. <laughs> All right. So let's start with Andy B. Since okay. you have no idea okay. what's going on, I'm I'll intrigued. lob you a weird softball. Okay. Mm. I just accidentally looked at the first email to check I could open it. So I'm, I okay. Never mind. To... I will do, I will do, uh, Andrew C then, since you just looked at the first one. Did you look at it too? Uh, no, no. No, okay, perfect. No worries, it's all good. Um, so your description is one piece 3D simulation bread shape pillow soft lumbar back cushion plush stuffed toy 20cm slash 30cm slash 40cm slash 60cm slash 80cm for home decor funny two US American dollars. Two dollars for a cushion. Okay, so it's a, uh, it's a cushion about yay big. I mean, it's a cushion. It is in fact a cushion. If you click on best wishes one, you can see the image, of this bizarre product. <laughs> oh, it looks like a, it looks like a piece of bread. It does, doesn't it? Wow, like, bread-shaped pillow, it and like it's she's actually holding loaves of shaped bread. like bread. Another thing you can guarantee when you purchase something off of Wish.com is whatever it looks like in the picture is not what it's going to look like when you get it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, that actually looks like a pretty convincing I piece of like bread. I feel like it there. is a picture of a piece of bread that they photoshopped into it because they look identical, like the one in her hand and the one she's holding. So uh, that's yeah, the do. first one. Yeah. Oh, okay. So it's she. She's holding an actual piece of bread, and then that's supposed no. to be a it cushion. Looks like it's been photoshopped in there. Yeah, yeah can't argue with that. It's only, it's only two dollars. You just I mean, have to order on. it and pay for shipping. <laughs> All right. Um, yeah. So don't click on it yet. But uh, exactly. Andy B, yeah. this is cheapest Pyrex glass oil burner pipe clear glass oil burner clear great tube glass pipe oil nail pipe eleven dollars and 65 cents what do you think that one is i can read it again if you'd like 
oil nail pipe. So I mean, I I would assume this would be a pipe for smoking for smoking things. Well, if you Please. click on best wishes number two, you can describe what you're looking at here. So what I see. <laughs> I don't know what I see. I see 50 of something. Those are crack pipes. <laughs> <laughs> so okay, you can, but, you can but, get but not bulk. one, not two, but 50 crack pipes. I need to buy my crack pipes in serious bulk in order to get the value that I need. 50 crack pipes. <laughs> oh, so, yep, yeah, that's a good one. Uh, uh, so that was number two. Number three, Andrew Cockerell. Uh, this is fashion. So, am I on best wishes two you or are, three? Uh, gonna be on three after you guess what this one is. Uh, this okay. one is fashion girls' cute cat ear hairband anime cosplay party costume with tail chrome metal plug set. One dollar. Tail metal chrome plug set. That sounds suspicious to me. <laughs> It was all going well up to that point. Yes, it was. So there's like bunny, there's like bunny ears, and there's a costume. Okay, so yeah, I think it is bunny ears. I think it's a cat, some kind of cat. Co no, bunny rabbit costume. Bunny rabbit costume. Uh, sort of. Yeah, go ahead and click on best wishes three and describe to me what you're looking at. Oh wow. Oh, okay. Oh wow! <laughs> so there okay, is a hairband. So there is a hairband, yeah. and there's an but, authentic tail. But uh, there's a butt pluck with um, yeah. <laughs> a tail coming off it. <laughs> and it's only one dollar, and it's only one dollar for this top-notch long tail butt plug. <laughs> I mean, I mean, I just can't even. Instant offer. Add to cart right now to unlock a lower price. Well, how much lower could it be? <laughs> it must be for realism. I mean, I just want to. I'm going to come across all Spinal Tap now and say, "Well, you know, if I was going to wear a butt plug, it would be like that one. It would be like, you know, all furry and." Okay. All right. Andy B. <clears throat> this is diamond painting cross stitch game naked swimming men's crystal diamond mosaic picture sewing. Five dollars. Okay. So this is a um, crochet set uh, with, with a pattern on it of a picture of naked men swimming, right? Uh, look, well, if you click it? on Best Wishes 4, go ahead and describe <laughs> to me what you're looking at on Best Wishes 4. <laughs> that's um, that's the back of a naked man with a very strong tan line. Very strong tan line. <laughs> um, and yeah, it's a, it's a cross-stitch set. Yeah, so you can sew, you can sew that man, the, 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 the back of that man. With no it's only five dollar. <laughs> it's only five dollars. <laughs> yeah, you know what? A I, crystal I'm diamond. Not positive. Yeah, I don't know. I'm not positive. I know what this is. Like, 
uh, is it one of those things where you put like cotton through it and pull it out the yes. other side that's like rugs? So, yeah. Oh, so this is a rug of a naked man's ass with a very firm tan line. Yeah. <laughs> so you can sew you can sew your own your own man. Your own naked man. It's a strange <laughs> picture though, because the it almost looks like one of those um, body worlds pictures where you can see all the muscles and tendons underneath. It's odd looking. <laughs> it's like the body world. <laughs> Is that the right thing? Uh, am I speaking, yeah, thinking about you. the right thing there? Yeah. Yeah, you're yeah. talking about... <laughs> I know what you're talking about, the body museum thing. That's yeah, it. It's yeah it's, it looks like that. <laughs> yeah, it's sort of anatomical, yeah. Yeah, it's very anatomical, yeah. Yeah. It's very all strange. Right. All right, so here comes our grand finale. This is anybody's game. You guys can work oh. together on it. <laughs> okay. All right, this is male sports equipment stretching training physical exercise for $30. There are three pictures of this product. But three. Yes, because one just doesn't do it justice. <laughs> sports stretch training. Sports, male sports equipment stretching training physical exercise, $30. Okay. Oh, wait a minute. Wait I'm starting a to worry. <laughs> Me is too. This, is this for training one's genitalia? It very well may be. What do you think <laughs> if you click on Best Wishes um, Finale and describe to me what some I of mean, these look like? Okay, here we go. Here we go. Oh. It's, uh, it's a man. It's, it looks like John Cena. It is John Cena for some reason. It's used in the advertisement of this product. Okay, I had and there's to guess a graph. against his will. So that's one picture. Multifunction lock, sling. It's it's it very is. strange. It, it is, is indeed. Oh, I see the third picture explains it very clearly. Oh man, that looks really <laughs> uncomfortable. <laughs> what are is you it, looking at? It's, it's Isn't the, this what Mr. Lifto used to do on um Jim Rose's uh, circus. He used to attach um things to his willy. Yeah, so is it for is it for lengthening your willy or is it for um they don't call it willy, Andy. No, is sorry. It, is it for lengthening the penis? Or yes. is it just for training the strength in the penis? Goodness knows. Uh it's stretching training, so I'm guessing the whole purpose is to stretch it out, but it does look so uncomfortable. <laughs> okay, kids, uh here's a warning. This won't work. Let's just uh <laughs> let's just say that. Not that I've don't tried to look I don't, don't have first like John experience. Cena. <laughs> well, I mean, I mean, John Cena looks particularly. Uh, he's like, yo. Yeah, um, I think that's his wrestling picture. I, I'm not into wrestling, but it's clear that they use this picture without his knowledge or consent. Yes, he could probably sue them for a lot of money. <laughs> it would be it would be worth thirty dollars to do it, which is what you pay for this thing. Thirty dollars? Oh, you saved the most expensive for last. Yes. Oh yeah. Sometimes I do. Sometimes it's free at the end, and nobody would want it. <laughs> so, thank you guys for playing Best Wishes with me. We're all thank losers you. when we play Best Wishes. Everybody's so. a loser, and I'm I'm definitely um yeah I'm not richer for having looked at those pictures. Definitely. I feel I feel enriched. Do you? Yeah, I'm thinking okay. maybe I need a large piece of bread to nestle in my lap, like oh, it was there in that you go. ladies. You mean a um? You mean you need a you need a bread cushion? You need. <laughs> that sounds like a euphemism if ever I heard one. <laughs> I mean, and if you need fifty crack pipes, there you go. Yeah. Those are the ones. This is the place to get them.
Yeah, that's a bargain. I'm trying to think of a scenario in which 50 crack pipes would actually be something that I'd want to buy. <laughs> I can't think of one at the moment. <laughs> I, I mean, I can imagine somebody buying one, maybe two, if they break because you're crack high. I don't know. But 50 is 50? a lot of anything. <laughs> it's a big party. What's the name of the count? Bubbles. Bubbles from The Wire. I think he would struggle to get through 50 crack pipes. That's a lot of crack pipes. <laughs> it's, it's too much crack pipe. Yeah, too many. <laughs> too much. Too much crack pipes. Too much crack pipe. <laughs> okay. So um, that was completely unrelated to the topic of today's program. I just thought it would be fun for us to run through that since we had a competitive nature available to us. Excellent. Um, yep. So, uh, yeah, I hope I didn't offend your sensibilities too much. No, it's not no, thank, good. You, thank you. I feel I feel really good about it. Good. good. I'm grateful. <laughs> so, um, do either of you guys speak any Spanish at all by chance? Uh, no. Pretty much no. zero. Because the uh, the bad group, the evil organization of kidnappers, is called La Hermandad or Hermandad, and. Oh. Uh, it sounds like it's the Brotherhood, if I had to guess by looking at it, but I could be wrong. I guess I could just, like, you know, Google it like a grown-up, huh? Um, oh, is this where a man looks something up on the internet? Because I love that. I do that yeah. all the time. <laughs> we feature quite a lot of that. I'm undone. Um, yeah, I think. Brotherhood. Brotherhood. Yeah, yeah, there we go. Cool. See, I am a master of language, clearly. Uh, so the evil organization is called the Brotherhood that kidnap all these little kids and stuff. And this movie starts off with some really horrifying statistics that like thousands and thousands of children are kidnapped every year in Mexico and about 70% of them die. That's grim, so, isn't it? It is grim. Mexico is a terrifying place, man. Have you guys ever been? Yes, I have. Illegally, I once went to Mexico. <laughs> Um, sensible in fact this picture here uh, this is a um, this wasn't in Mexico this picture but this was a, a green tortoise bus trip they still do them in, in the United States but they don't go to Mexico anymore um, uh, so we crossed the river and we went to this bar we got very drunk on tequila and then we went back to America I mean so that I have been like to Mexico <laughs> very briefly yeah very briefly I have, a, I have a number of colleagues in Mexico who, who uh, want me to go there. Maybe one day after lockdown I should go. But my, what I hear is that they simply drink you until you're nearly dead and then send you home again. So. Oh, wow. <laughs> or they kidnap you, in which case you have a 30% chance of surviving. <laughs> Interestingly, at the end of the movie, uh, did you notice this uh, after the credits had rolled? And it said, and thanks to the wonderful people of Mexico City. Yeah, it was a very special place, it said. And it's just like, that's they filmed it on location, I guess. That's a yeah. good thing, but terrifying. Yeah. <laughs> terrifying, yeah. I mean, it, it does look terrifying. <clears throat> but um, it's nice that they a, used yeah. those, um, those terrifying statistics to entertain us. Oh, yes, absolutely. Yes. In a popular so feature true. film. Yeah. They even mentioned that they're not as bad as Colombia. <laughs> Colombia's worse. Yeah, Colombia's Actually, much worse. Panama is the kidnapping capital of the world, so uh, try not to go there. 
It's okay. Especially if you're a white person, apparently that makes you an immediate target because you come from wealthier people than they do. Yep. So that's uh that's pretty scary. Don't think it's I'm going down there anytime soon. I've never um, been. Yeah, it's, it's scary, scary thing. I'm afraid of the world. I don't know if you guys have noticed this. <laughs> but I've been to Peru. Anyway. Yeah, Peru How was, was Peru? nice. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah, really amazing. Never felt threatened. That's good. Anything like that. Yeah. Did the Inca Trail, which was terrifying. Okay, I'm unfamiliar yeah. with what that is. So um, it's uh, you you walk across the mountains to Machu Picchu, which is a place up in the mountains, and um, uh, sometimes you're walking across like just sheer cliff edges, and there's thousands of feet below you. And I suffer from vertigo, and uh, that was interesting. I can tell you. Oh my god. <laughs> yeah. That's but it's some of the yeah. most beautiful scenery in the world, right? And they, it is incredible. Temples. I mean it is just jaw droppingly beautiful, yeah. So it's called cloud forest. So it's um because Peru is equatorial, but it's mountainous, so it stays quite cool. But the cloud forest is there's like hummingbirds and all kinds of things up there. It's amazing. But you have to scale sheer cliffs to get there, and that's where you lost me. <laughs> you can, <clears throat> you do, you can do that. But once we got to Machu Picchu, there were loads of people walking around who had just regular clothes on, and uh, because there's a bus that goes there, so we could have taken a bus, but we chose they to the walk. the miles bus. Yeah, that's the miles bus. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So you can take that a bus. That would be where I'd go. But you chose instead to endanger your vertigo head life. <laughs> yes. I'm, a, I'm asthmatic as well, so I was quite slow on the trail. Oh, man. That's... Yeah. You're a brave Sounds man. amazing. I'm stupid. I'm not brave. I'm stupid. <laughs> okay, it was fun, so, and I did enjoy uh, it. So I just had a brilliant idea. So yes. I'm just going to... we're We'll talk about the end a little bit. And then I want to hear Andy B. tell us the whole synopsis of the plot of this movie. Oh, man. I, think <laughs> <be listening. laughs> Good luck. I feel like that'll be fun. So <laughs> the end of this movie, uh, Denzel Washington trades himself and the bad guy's brother to save the girl at the end. And he walks up and joins them in their car and eventually succumbs to all of his many bullet wounds at this point. And um, the... The very end is just like a picture of the cops and the bad guy dead. And it was like, and then the cops killed him. The end. So how did you feel about that? Was that underwhelming or overwhelming to you? Uh, underwhelming in, in many ways. Because I, I, what I expected to happen was for him to pull a gun and kill them all. Yep. Didn't happen. When that, when that didn't happen, I was just massively let down. Um, I, I felt cheated in a way that he hadn't earned that payoff. He hadn't earned that at all during the movie. And the bad guys are irredeemably bad. There's nothing Very good about so. these people. Mm -mm. And they did all deserve to die, and they didn't. And I felt cheated of that, really. Him, them and the lawyer all got off pretty much scot-free because the lawyer, who was played by Mickey Rourke, as soon as the heist happened where the... As soon as the heist happened where the cops took all the money, he grabbed half of them and just bounced. And that was the last you see of him. So, like, yeah. he didn't get what he deserved. 
and the main bad guys at the end didn't get what they deserved. But Denzel Washington, the last thing he says is like, I'm going home too. So he like gave himself permission to die. So when they were clearly going to torture him to death and stuff, he was just like, all right, bullet wounds, do your thing. And he just passed yeah. away in the back of the car. Yeah. I, yeah, I felt cheated by the end. I wanted mm-hmm. something more from it and it didn't give me it. Okay. Yeah. This, I've got a theory about it. Yeah. Let's hear it. <laughs> so, well, my theory is that the, the point is it's about him, right? It's about him, the, the cage that he's in. And so the ending is nothing to do with those bad people. It's to do with him and his story arc. So you shouldn't be disappointed. You should be, you should be understanding his story. I mean, I haven't seen it, but I'm not in a position to tell you say, what you should think about that's, it. That's a great interpretation for someone who's yeah. never seen the movie. That's a fair point, actually. That's mm. a fair point. It is his story arc. This movie is about him. It's not about Dakota Fanning or anybody else. It's all about the character of Creasy as he's known it's about him trying to redeem himself of all the horrible things that he's done by doing more horrible things and then yeah. sacrificing himself <laughs> yeah he he's not nice in this movie at all there is not a nice bone in that man's body he is just a brutal killing machine <laughs> yeah. there are, he really is there are, there are quite a few Western movies where someone is so bad that the only way to redeem themselves is to give up their life, right? Uh, yeah, it's a common, pretty familiar mm-hmm. trope. Isn't that, that, yeah. isn't that what you said happened in the Shining sequel, Andy? Uh, yes. Should we spoil oh, the end movie. of um, Doctor Sleep? Oh, I've, done, I've already spoiled it. <laughs> yeah, I, uh, so I did an episode. I did an episode on it like a couple months ago. So if people <clears> listen <throat> to this regularly, which most people don't, but if they did, they would already have heard the end of that movie. Well, if they don't, that's their own problem, isn't it? Indeed. It is really. Yes. Yes. Why aren't you listening regularly? That's that's what I yeah. ask. Yeah, audience, this is the best show ever. You need to listen more. I call them my dumpers. Maybe that's partly why they don't like it so much. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so that happens. Also in Leon, isn't it? In Leon, he lays down his life, doesn't he? Yes, but oh, is that yeah. because he's so irredeemable? Like, it, like obviously, a lot of people lay down their lives, but sometimes it seems to be like the only way to resolve the plot because they're so horrible mm. is you've got to, you've got to give up your life. That's the only mm. way you can. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe. Essentially. Yeah. I don't know whether Leon is. Is he really <sighs> horrible? He's quite a nice bloke, really. I mean, he's nice to Dakota Fanning. Um, and her mom. That's mainly he because... clearly yeah. is into her, too. Yeah. Um, and, you know, he gives the journalist the information that she needs. Well, actually, no, he gives her information so that she can investigate Mickey Rourke's lawyer, mm-hmm. find out where that money's gone. And that's where he figures out that there's something wrong. And he right. starts to investigate that that maybe the whole thing was a setup. Um, yeah. And he figures it out pretty much right then because yeah. of her help. So, yeah. so Andy B, <laughs> give, give me beat for beat. What do you think happens in this movie? <laughs> All right, here we go, here we go. So there's a bloke. Uh, he's, he's stuck in a cage, uh, metaphorically, uh, a cage of alcohol and violence, um, and is an awful person. Then he meets uh, a wonderful lady who is um, who begins the process of redeeming him through him having something to offer her and her 
breaking his hard shell. Uh, then someone gets kidnapped. I wasn't very clear on who. <laughs> oh, the little girl. The one who broke the shell. She gets kidnapped. Okay, okay, okay. She gets kidnapped. Um, and he thinks she's dead. So he is then... His dark side then completely takes over. So, in a sense, he goes back into the cage that he was beginning to escape from. Um kills everyone except in some way the film is a bit compromised because actually that's the right thing to do in this morality even though it's kind of supposed to be about how he's falling back into bad things anyway then it turns out she's not dead uh and then he's so bad that he has to die so he dies in order to rescue her no that's all i got Nothing that you said was wrong. <laughs> so that was pretty good. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that was bang on. Yeah, good job. <laughs> cool. you see, there's no need to watch these things, is there? Yeah, apparently not. Um, <laughs> so the name of this show is The Disc Dump because I just have a pile of physical media in my house, essentially just discs and discs and discs of movies and video games and cds just hundreds and hundreds of them and it's like what are you gonna do with all this stuff now everything's digital this movie was only available on a something called sling for me but i don't have that so it, i'm glad i owned the dvd oh uh, by the way the dvd has a commercial for x-men 2 alien versus predator and irobot on it so that in its own makes it a little time capsule <laughs> yes it does yeah Absolutely. yeah so I'm glad I owned it for this podcast. However, point of the show, am I going to keep it or am I going to dump it is the whole thing. Do I want to keep this disc or do I want to dump it? What do you guys think? Is it keepable or should I just get rid of it and watch it on Sling or whatever? Mm. So, okay. I say get rid of it. There are better Tony Scott, Denzel Washington movies out there. So, yeah, it's a dumper. I think it's a dumper. Okay, so I feel a bit divided because you said you really enjoyed it, Miles. So, you know, I think in itself, that probably means it's a keeper. On the other hand, I think, am I going to watch it? And I think if I'm looking for violence and revenge, I think I could find it in something less compromised. And if I'm looking for redemption... I could find it in something less uh, unclear about what's really going on. So I don't well, think I'm going to watch fair, it. To be fair, you probably would have had a better idea had you seen the movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's that's reasonable. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, yeah, so I think I'm probably not going to watch it. But I, I think if you really enjoyed it when you watched it, then you should keep it. So, despite a couple of glaring plot holes, and the fact that it's three, almost three hours long, it's two hours and 22 minutes long, which is too much movie. So, I, I don't know, like, it's hard to decide for me, because I did really enjoy it. The first time I watched it, it was a little intense this most recent time, because I was just not in the right headspace for it. And I was like, oh, he's chopping his fingers off. Oh, okay, here we go. <laughs> so, that was a little rough for me. But, yep. overall, I think you made good points that, like, there are better revenge movies, there are better violent movies, and it doesn't need to be two and a half hours long. So, 
I'm going to I'm probably going to revisit it just to make sure, but I think this one might be a dump cuz I don't see myself rewatching it anytime soon. It's too long. Yeah. It's too long. It's too much movie. Yeah. yeah. Fair enough. It might be if if we could recommend a shorter revenge movie, we might totally convince you. Oh, Hold I can recommend on one right now actually. Hold your thoughts on that. The end of every episode, okay. what I do is I give you guys a chance to recommend something. So okay. hold your yep. thoughts on those. Um, so you guys are the hosts of the Good Robot Andes. First question, what is with the name? Why are you guys robots? <laughs> so this is a Bill and Ted uh, reference. Uh, in Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey, um, the bad guy makes some bad robot Bill and Ted that they call the bad robot usses. And then later on in the film, a character called Station, who is a space alien, makes some other robots called the good robot usses. So we call ourselves the good robot Andes. So it's a Bill yeah, and Ted's bogus journey. It's really nebulous. Can you explain <laughs> it like that? It makes perfect sense. <laughs> <laughs> and that's why we yeah. could, we look kind of robotic on our, um, on our GIF as well. We so. used to... Um, when when we were happy about something we'd done, we used to say "go, go the good robot us Yes, that was our little thing. Yes. Yeah. Okay. And uh, and we are Andes. Yes, so we are. It was, <laughs> it was an easy <laughs> transition. You guys are actually the second duo with the same name to come on. I have another couple guests that are the Matt and Matt, so it's kind of funny <laughs> that you're Andy and Andy. That's cool. Yeah. Yep. Okay, so I would like. Andy C to explain your podcast, but I want you to do it as Christopher Walken. Oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> That's difficult. Okay, I'm thinking. I'm thinking. Um, so it is a podcast that's about philosophy and films and stuff. And you like it? Do you, do you like the podcast, Miles? Have you listened to a podcast? Oh, I love it. So, I sound like Bobcat, Bobcat Goldthwait now. That's not a good thing. <laughs> um, I always go back to Christopher Walken was in the, the, the movie um, Eddie the Eagle, mm-hmm. uh, in which he played Eddie, um, Eddie the Eagle's trainer. Oh, no, not, no, maybe not. But anyway, so he's in it. And I always imagine when he was training him to do ski jumping, to say, you go down the hill, you jump, and you don't fall. That's it. That's the training. That's how Christopher Walken would train people. I love it. So you you can drop Christopher Walken if you want to. It seems like it's hard to okay. do. I can't do it. So uh, what is you guys' podcast about? Philosophy and movie is pretty apt yes. description. Yes, yeah. Philosophy and movies. Um, mainly movies at the moment. We haven't done a tech one for a while. So I do the movies and the TV and the media. And Andy B., well, we'll hand over to now talks about tech subjects. Yeah, so that, that mainly what we do is Andy C explains to me, picks a movie he normally one he really loves, and explains to me what happens and why he loves it, and why I should bother watching it. And then sometimes I think that I will eventually get round to bothering watching it, although largely I don't. And. Uh, I, and then I, I ask Andy what the point of it was or what he learned about life from it. And then Andy normally gives sort of a disappointing answer. <laughs> and that's the end. Of, Usually the end. disappointing, yeah. I mean, 
We're trying to figure out how where a movie sits in the world. You know, what, what's its point? Um, but we have done much deeper discussions about uh, the state of the human race right now. Yeah, we did. Uh, we did one about AI. AI and artificial intelligence. We did one with a guest, Fran Bontempo. Um, yeah, which was, which was, things. Which was a good one. Who actually knows about things? You know, she's she's an expert. So, uh, but it's mainly movies and media, and TV. Yeah, and we often ramble and talk about what TV we're watching or other things we watch. So, oh um, yeah, it's very random. tangential. It's a very very, <laughs> um, you know, we'll start on one thing and then we'll end up com- somewhere completely different. Yeah, I mean, one of the real advantages of listening to it is that you you get to hear things that basically no one else has heard because no one really it listens. May or may not be a good thing. <laughs> Well, I like you guys' show a lot. You guys are actually the first people in the podcast universe to acknowledge that I existed, which was pretty cool. So, Go yeah. the good robot asses. That's what I said. <laughs> the good robot asses. <laughs> exactly. Perfect. So um, if they want to listen to your show, how would they do that? Where would they find it? So they can find us uh, using their podcast app of choice or indeed on the internet. Search for The Good Robot Andes. And you will find us because there's nobody else called the Good Robot Andes. Because it's an <laughs> awkward and weird name. I mean, you can actually you can find us if, if you don't like searching on artificialworlds.net slash Good Robot Andes. But if I were you, I'd just search with your favourite search engine. Yeah, <laughs> good. So we're on Apple. We're on Spotify. We're on Stitcher. We're everywhere. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. I mean, perfect. Uh, uh, an example of type of thing we've done, we did a, a series on the best horror films of the 20th century. Ooh, that's right we up my alley. counted down. Yeah. Hell yeah. We did. And I, we won't tell you what number one is because you have to listen to listen to find out. But yeah. I put some interesting choices in there that Andy B did not approve of. Yeah, and there's some rubbish films in the top 30. So but also some good stuff. So um, I chose some stuff that, like Near Dark. I don't know if you've seen Near Dark, Miles. Uh, is that a vampire movie? Yeah. I love that movie. Yeah. So I chose that's one that's in the top thirty because I think it's such a good film. Mm-hmm. I think it shows think vampires that, vampires as being scuzzy and nasty and unpleasant people to be around. And it's um you know, in contrast to the Twilight movies where vampires are like sparkly and friendly, the ones in Near Dark are definitely not sparkly and friendly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was definitely one that I wanted to watch. Yeah, it's good. It's a Catherine Bigelow movie with uh, Lance Henriksen. Bill Paxton is in it. The great Bill Paxton. Oh, yeah, he is in that. I need to watch that yeah. one again. That was good. It was like Lost Boys, but better, in my opinion. I like that one a lot yeah. better than Lost Boys. Although so. I do like The Lost Boys a great deal. Yes, that's it's a classic for sure. Yeah, definitely. But it's... But it's light. It's light, isn't it? It's light entertainment compared to Near Dark. Yeah, Near Dark was pretty grim from what I remember. But yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, maybe next time. Maybe next time I'll have you guys on to talk about that. Um, so I am going to go through my little reads that I have to do here at the end, and then you guys can re- each recommend something at the end, and then we'll close out the episode. Sound good? Fantastic. 
Alrighty, audience, I want to say thank you to the band The Jazz June for the use of the song Viva La Speed Metal off of the album The Medicine. They're a great band. They've guided me through some pretty hard times in my life, and I think you should find a way to support them because they are fantastic, and uh, especially the album The Medicine is so good. And that actually turns 20 years old, I think, today. So as of the recording of this, so yeah, the j- or 21 years old, holy Moses. So that's the Jazz June, Viva La Speed Metal. I also want to say thank you to the Fat Rat for the use of the song Unity, which we use to bring us in and out of the ad spots and close every episode. You can find that bouncy EDM music on YouTube. That is his preferred way for you to view him. If you want to get a hold of me, you can email me, discdumppod at gmail.com. That's D-I-S-C-D-U-M-P-P-O-D at gmail.com. Don't forget that little pee-pee in there. On Twitter, I'm at the Disc Dump. Instagram, Disc Dump Podcast. Again, don't neglect that PP. On Facebook, you can find the page, the Disc Dump Podcast, or you can join the group, the Disc Dump Podcast fans, where you can talk to some of the people who have been on the show and see lots of really dumb memes that I post. Alrighty, Andy's. What would you like to recommend to the audience? Okay, so I'd like to recommend... This is a film we talked about on The Good Robot Andes a couple of years ago. Uh, it's a Lynn Ramsey film uh, called You Were Never Really Here with Joaquin Phoenix. That is a blood-soaked... Not really a revenge movie so much, but a blood-soaked 90 minutes in and out. So it's sharp. It's really, really good. You Were Never Really Here. So I rec- highly recommend that. That's the movie that Joker wishes it was. <laughs> okay, <laughs> cool. Right go. on. Yeah. Cool. Um, I would like to recommend the film that I may have seen, the only film that I may have seen more times than Wayne's World, uh, which is a film called Payback. Payback. Yeah, it's a good one. Which has old what's-his-name in. Remind me of his name somewhere. Mel Gibson. It has Mel Gibson in it, playing kind of the anti-Mel Gibson, right? Playing the a completely irredeemable character. Hang on, you're talking about the real Mel Gibson here, not the. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. I, okay, I, let's not think about the actual Mel Gibson. Um, no. But the the character that he played in in the, the his popular films was this guy who was flawed, but then turned out to be a gem. And in Payback, he's playing someone who is just through and through. Um, black to his heart, and uh, and it is delicious the the uh, the way he takes his revenge, and yeah, it's, it's uncomplicated, yeah. <laughs> and I love it. And I whenever I think, oh, I'm not sure what to watch, I could always just pick up and watch Payback again. Now there is some synchronicity going on here uh, because Brian Helgeland, who wrote the screenplay for Man on Fire, wrote and directed Payback. Interesting. Wow. Didn't know that. And Payback is a remake of a John Borman movie called uh, Point Blank. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and if you watch that, you're going to have notes. Yeah, yeah you have a lot of <laughs> notes for that one. Yeah, but That's Lee Marvin and Angie Dickinson. And Man on Fire is also a remake of a oh. 1970s movie with Scott Glenn, which I haven't seen. I didn't know that. I know it was based off of a novel, and I was thinking about checking out the novel, but I didn't know it was a remake. Yeah. Well, I guess it's another version of the of the novel, yeah. So it's um, there was a version made in the 70s with Scott Glenn, who, an actor who I enjoy a great deal. Um, so there you go. That's your synchronicity for, this, for today. Awesome. <laughs> 
Well, fellas, thank you for doing this podcast with me. I appreciate it. Thanks for thank having you very us much, on. Miles. It's this a has great, been great podcast, fun. and it's awesome. been really fun. Thank we, you. Guys. We'd love to come back about talk about Near Dark in the future. Sounds good. I'll send you guys the list. I think I do own it, so it should be on there, and we can uh, pick our next project here. So, audience, Fantastic. until next week. Ta-ta now. <laughs> Bye-bye.